desperate, you know, at the time I was 17, 18, unemployed, you know, and I was desperate to, you know, to get a break. And I knew that if I did get a try, I would, you know, I would grab the chance. I think it was always going to be boxing to me. I stepped into the gym as a 10 or 11 year old. Boxing just took hold of my heart straight away. I love everything about the sport of boxing. Hello, I'm Marie Crow, and this is We Become Heroes, the RTE sport podcast that explores how lead athletes and sports people reach the top of their game and the lessons that they learned along the way. I'm delighted to say that my guest today is jockey Davy Russell. Davy, thanks so much for joining me. A lot of the time there are former people who join me, but you're still going, you're still fighting the good fight and don't look like you're going to slow down anytime soon. No, I'm in a lucky position. Um, uh, Gordon, uh, uh, you know, still wants to use me and uh, he's got some very nice horses. So, you know, I, I, I always felt, you know, through my injury that if I could, if I got to go ahead, I wanted to go back riding and uh, I wanted to finish on my own terms. So, you know, luckily enough, I had the support from Gordon and all the owners. So it's great. Yeah, and the horses are in good form. And unfortunately, you now Jack and Jordan are out, which, you know, some people might think, it's good for me. I, I would have preferred if the two boys were there because, you know, it's a big yard. There's a, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of horses to ride. So, but at the same time, look, where I'm, I'm, it's not him I'm not used to. Uh, how's the body? Yeah, good good shape. Um, uh, just getting stronger and fitter the whole time. Only just really getting into fitness now. I know I'm back, you know, kind of a couple of months, but it just does take that little extra time to get race fit, you know, proper race fit, you know, so... I only started on a couple of rides a day and now I'm kind of up to five or six rides a day and well able for it. Do you approach things differently now? Like, I mean, anyone that's just listening on audio, it looks like you're resting on a bed there. Do you uh, do you incorporate kind of more recovery and things like that into what you do or are you still the same as you were 20 years ago? Uh, no, pretty much the same. The reason I'm resting on the bed is I'm hiding from, <laughs> I'm hiding from about half a dozen children. So, um, <laughs> um, no, but it's pretty much the same. To be honest, um, I used to be an awful man for for taking a snooze in the middle of the day. Um, I, I really did. I, I used to struggle an awful lot with my weight, and I felt that um, if I was hungry, I was better off sleeping through it rather than uh, uh, torturing myself through it. So I used to. Um, I used to. I was a good man to get a snap, a, 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 a nap in in the middle of the day. But now, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, we, there's always something to do. Uh, it's either the kids have to be picked up. Um, my wife is working full time as a teacher. So, you know, we're literally up at six every morning and it's boot to the board after that. So, um, but on the day of a race, I like to um, I like to be have everything, you know, that it's my own time and prepare properly for it. That has never changed, you know. It's been a strange time for racing, I'd say, probably over the last year, really. Um, a lot of controversies. You mentioned Gordon there. That controversy has been um, well discussed at this stage. The latest one was that there was a raid on a farm in Kildare and there were some the substances found there. A lot of well-known trainers were caught up in it for different reasons. They have all explained why they were there or, or why their horse boxes were there. Um, but at the same time, there is still a lot of suspicion around the sport now because uh, there were so many people involved and also the fact that journalists like Paul Kimmage and David Walsh have started to, to shine the light on the sport. And anyone that follows journalism, sports journalism, um, sports in general, will know that the likes of Paul and David, when they have gone 
down a certain road, often they find things that people unfortunately try to hide. Just in terms of your thoughts on racing at the moment and the, the current controversy, David, is it something that you're concerned about? The fact that there seems to be almost, I guess, like a bit of a murkiness around the sport at the moment. Look, you know, a couple of things to take from all them points. In circumstances which which look, you know, detrimental, there is always light at the end of the tunnel and there are always reasons and there's ways out of it, you know, to, that can often be used to your benefit. Um, you know, taking, for instance, the Gordon case, you know, at the time we felt that was it, you know, but we had a lot of support from a lot of very good people um, all around the country and also in England, you know, owners and things. So, you know, we've, we, 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 we came out through the other side of that. So that, that that's a plus, you know, and, and we'll be bigger and stronger for it and we'll learn our lessons as we go along. Um, the current one, look, to know the ins and outs of it, I don't know exactly the ins and outs of it. I, I really personally don't feel it is as major a thing that it's been made out to be, okay, yes, there are bits of it that are not right and that nobody agrees to or should be doing. Um, but at the same time, um, it's in good hands. And I think it's a positive thing that them journalists are, you know, able to get in and, and expose these um, these things. Because from a variety's point of view, we, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a jockey and I've, I've always gone with my jockey's hat on. I don't intend in training horses. Um, so from a rider's point of view, the, the, the safety of the horse, the animal and the man on his back or the people woman, people on their backs on a daily basis would have to be to the fore of everybody's mind. And if that, if, if something like this can make that, that a bit safer for everybody, then, you know, there's pluses to take out of everything. And I'm sure at the end of the day, they'll come to the right, you know, to, to, once everything is out in the open and we know exactly what's going on, then we'll know more about it. You know, it's just at the moment, it's, it's, it's a little bit, um, it's, it, it's just not clear what exactly is going on. And I would like to wait and see the exact what, what exactly is going on uh, behind the scenes, you know. Would you be confident that most things, pretty much everything is above board in, in racing, Davey, or are you concerned that maybe there is some underhandedness in the sport as well? Look, from my, from my experience, I, I've never come across anything that has put, you know, the, the sport in jeopardy, as in, you know, steroids and all of that carry on. It's it's widely used in other uh, jurisdictions because it's legal. In Ireland, I have I haven't come across it. I, I I don't I haven't felt that any horse that I've ridden on one day is any better on another day. They all seem to be the the same type of animal, and I I just feel that no, I would strongly 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 be of the opinion that if someone is using um something that is is you know um uh what we call you know dangerously illegal I, I i think you throw the book at them people and that's it there should be zero tolerance on it but then there's herbal there's herbal things that people can get caught up in that you know are are genuinely unaware of what they're doing the likes of you know, for Ardun's sake, you can't, you can put pseudocreme on a two-day-old baby. You cannot put pseudocreme on a horse because it fails, it, it fails the, 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 the test. 
So, you know, there are, it's not as clear cut as people are, 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 are making it out to be, you know, so, and for them, all them things, take all them things on board. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, you know, people are definitely trying their best not to break the rules. Okay, well, this is about you, Davy. So we're going to park that and we're going to move on to your career now um, because it has been a long one and quite an interesting one. And your whole background actually is quite fascinating. So fascinating. So I'm going to go right back to the start. Um, what was your earliest memory of sport? Um, I, I suppose my my parents, my mum and my dad, um, we, we were a sport-orientated family. Um, everything that... Um, you know, from getting up in the morning to going bed to bed at night was either a match or a race meeting or something to do with sport. Um, dad was a, a mechanic, but always had um, horses around the place. Um, we had a garage. He, he sold cars. We had a garage with a shop. And mom was from a farming background in Kells and County Mead. I, I, I had the most outstanding up uh, uh, rearing where we lived because we had the beauty of living on a farm in a town and uh, I had the best of both worlds. <laughs> I could, yeah, I could run my pony and ride him a mile and be, have six miles of a beach. And then I could walk 500 yards the other way. And I'm in the, in the center of a, you know, quite a large town. So I'd, I, I had a fantastic um, childhood. Um, it was always kind of going to Parky Cueve, we never, dad never traveled us to Killarney for Munster finals, but we always went to Parky Cueve. We always went to an All Ireland final or an All Ireland semi final, especially when Mead were playing Cork in the football with my relations up there. There was always a huge uh, banter there and everything was fun. Dad regularly went to point to point meetings, regularly went to not so much race meetings, but Sunday was was for point of points or a match, basically. So that was that was our our childhood. That's what I, that's what I was reared on. And the only thing I can remember as being a young lad was that I was like an extra limb on my father. I was wherever he went, I wanted to go. So that was it. That sounds pretty idyllic, all right. So when you, from a sports point of view, then who were your heroes? Like who did you? What teams did you follow? Did you have posters on the wall? Who were they? No posters on the wall. Um, it was all it, it was hurling or football basically it was Teddy McCarthy it was D Dennis Walsh um, they were like I was kind of you know 11 10, 11 when Cork done the double um, I, I, I had a fascination with Jock Cunningham in goal he always won the long puck competition he was you know his name was in the paper and then you know what you hear about Christy Ring and then you hear about JBM like Jimmy Barry Murphy like he was God. <laughs> you can have your you can have your Georgie bests and, and and everything you know but but Jimmy Barry Murphy in our house was was the man do you know what I mean and then you know Shawnee I, I would have heard stories of Shawnee O'Leary and as a young lad we won a county final and yeah, there was a, a lad in town was living in America and they flew him back for the county final. And, you know, it was kind of, there was a, an aura about it. Um, uh, Don O'Grady coached Cork to win, or coached Yall to win a county final and then kind of to see him coaching Cork to win All-Ireland finals. You know, it was all kind of very familiar to me, you know, so I was comfortable in, in that setting. And it was always good crack to go to a match. Dad would say, when the whistle blows, be it the car or I'll be gone. And it was the same point to point, you know, when they passed the line, 
before or when the, even he'd be warning us when they're jumping the last in the last race, be at the car or I'll be gone and I'll be honest with you, Maria. It's it was often he left us there, or what he would do is he'd get in the queue to get out the gate and we'd have to run down and get into the car, you know. So um it was probably Jimmy Barry Murphy, I think, was was from a young, young age. It, it, to me, he was he was God at, at at the time. And then when he got a little bit older, it was kind of like Charlie Swan, Richard Dunwoody, Adrian Maguire, because I got the opportunity to see Adrian Maguire in a point to point on Sunday. And all of a sudden, here he was riding winners in Ascot and and places like that. So again, it was the I was very familiar with the name of Adrian Maguire to watch him one, you know, Sunday in a point to point. And next thing, a couple of weeks later, he here he is winning a gold cup in Cheltenham, you know. So what did you play? Was it just hurling and football? Were there any other sports? No, it was basically hurling, football and ponies. Um, I never, soccer wasn't a huge thing in our town at the time. Um, okay, my friends, you know, we, we we played in the backyard. We played soccer or the backyard because it wasn't big enough to play hurling or football. So it was easier to play soccer. Um, but never any huge interest. Didn't follow any particular team. Had a little grow for Liverpool, but, you know, if I had to, Nail me colours to the mast, it would be Liverpool, but no no way of following them as such, you know. Yeah, probably because they were red as well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did, where did you play? Like what position were you? What kind of hurler were you? What kind of footballer were you? Give oh, us a position here. I was a corner back and <laughs> um, I wasn't, I didn't have much hurling, but I could uh, maybe prevent a corner forward from, from hurling. And that was basically my job and happy enough to do it. I was I was the kind of a, a person that I'd go to every training session, but I wouldn't exactly be the first pick on the team, you know. But I had to, we had some lovely hurlers around me now, even when I was in school. Uh, we had a great we had a great team. Um no one really burst onto the intercounty uh, intercounty side, but we had lovely hurlers, you know, you know, in, in school and even my age group, we won, we won plenty, we won these Cork finals on the way up, and still to this day, all the lads are around town. We're still, you know, buddies and and pals, you know, and it's amazing. I take my own kids up to the pitch, and same lads, same kids, all back at it again, you know. So we're we're under sixes there. We're stopped at the moment now, but um, Sunday mornings when racing was a bit later, I was able to go up and and you know have the crack with the kids, you know. Like the roar at them every now and again. <laughs> yeah. So when then did you maybe realise that you had a bit of talent and that you could potentially go on and have a career as a jockey? I, I, I tell you, as regards talent, I, I was able to ride my pony. I only had one pony at a time. I, I, I had two ponies. I had one smaller pony and then we sold him and I bought another pony and... There was pony racing in town uh, down on the slob bank, we'll say a couple of years, and then it moved up to our own farm. Uh, we had we had pony racing around there. So that kind of drew me into that. Uh, Dad always had a runner or two, so I was always kind of uh, uh, looking towards being a jockey. Um, but as regards talent, it took me years. I, I got my first ride when I was 16. It was a horse of our own. It was right up before school and she ran once. And then I was riding out in local trainers and got the odd ride here and there. But it took me until I was 19 then before I rode my first winner. And that was just pure luck. Um, it was a spare ride on the day. 
And after that, it was just kind of, I, I rode my first winner in Tallow. And then the next Sunday, I rode another winner. And uh, the Sunday after, I rode an, another winner. And then the Thursday after that, I rode my first winner on the track. And it kind of snowballed from there. And But to say that I realised I had talent, it's just before I rode my first winner, I was just one of the young lads inside the weigh room. And then you didn't really get time to think about anything. Um, and I was just lucky enough to keep tipping away. And I always said that there was a friend of mine, uh, Sean O'Donovan, he's out in Saudi Arabia at the moment now. And uh, he always told me that I'd, on my gravestone, my seven pound claim would be written on my gravestone that I'd never lose it. So, but, um, and it was always in my head, you know, I lose my claim and then, and then you've, you're a jockey like you know when you when you lose your claim you've you've kind of made a huge achievement and I lost my claim and then I turned professional but never really sat down and thought that I was the one that everybody wanted or that I was doing what I was doing I was just capable of riding winners and that was it you know. So when you were about like 16 so that like 16 to 19 I'd imagine that you you wanted it though it was what you were hoping for and and what you were dreaming (coughs) of but did you work at it? Like, were there things that you did to, to try and get there or did it just follow a sort of a natural progression? I, to be honest, no, I was starved for it. I was absolutely obsessed. I really was. There was nothing else in the whole wide world that I wanted to do. I only wanted to be a jockey. So I can clearly remember we had no videos or replays at the time. But even riding out as a 16-year-old and, and you know, when you're 16 and you're a jockey, you're supposed to be a man you know, you're supposed to be grown up and you have a lot of responsibilities, but I, we're still very childish in our ways. So I was, I, I was obsessed with style. So I, I, I wanted to ride with my toe on the iron with a, a certain, you know, a straight back. Um, I wanted to be very stylish over an obstacle. Um, and that's the one thing that I worked really, really hard at. Unknown to myself, I, in the morning when you're trotting down the road, there's a shadow of you and the horse. And I used to be obsessed by looking at the shadow to make sure that my back was in the right place, that everything, when you're galloping, you don't get time to do these things. You're concentrating on other things. But when you're trotting down the road, I used to watch Richard Dunwoody and I used to be fascinated on him walking around the parade ring. He was, everything was very structured with him. He was just straight back. He was up straight, his shoulders were back and he was, looking concentrated on what what was ahead of him. And I I, I styled myself in that kind of a mold and mold. And um that's more or less what I what I what I really concentrated from a young age was style and then getting to know horses. You know, you can be the, the most stylish rider in the world, but unless you know what you're doing, you know, unless you have a feel for what you're doing. It's the same with playing hurling or football. You know, you can be the tippy-tappy hurler all you want, but unless you can read a game, you're not going to go to the next level. So I was then, you know, with experience and everything, it just felt that I was able to ride winners and that was basically it. You know, I didn't really at any stage think that I need to do something about it to make me ride winners. It just kind of happened, you know. That's pretty pretty phenomenal, though, when you think about it, because there's so many people who would... (coughs) and are, are still dreaming about being in that situation where it's just something that you um that that you just do ride winners yeah and 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 i'm always saying is that you know the, the more thought you put into things and the more thing the more you think about it as a young 
I, I would always be of the opinion for young kids is just to let it flow. Just go with the flow with a smile on your face and enjoy it. And it'll either happen. And then you'll get to a stage that, look, you have to work really hard at it. Yeah. But when you're starting out, unless you're enjoying it, you're wasting your time. Because when you have to work at something that you're not enjoying, that's really, really difficult. So I first and foremost really loved what I was doing. And then the work, to say I worked after that, you can say I worked, but it didn't feel like work, if you know what I mean. It was all very enjoyable. I suppose the one bit that did put a dampener on it was my weight. And and look, I was always of the opinion that if you're going to do something, you want to go at it flat out and do it properly. And I probably could have overdone my the weight thing. And uh, it just put maybe a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth the way I behaved myself. But that's for another day. But... What do you mean, though? What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I, I starved myself basically to, to, to become a jockey, and and I felt then once I was there, I had to keep doing that. And when you mature and you look back on it, then people, there was nobody put pressure on me to do it. It was my, it was myself. It was all myself. It was all myself putting the pressure on me to do it, and I just was inside in a little bubble and couldn't see outside it, and. And my my attitude and my behavior was very much affected by the way I was I was going about things, you know. So if you're starving yourself, I'd imagine or I just when I'm thinking about it, are you living like are you living when you're starving yourself? Not a bit in the world, no living at all. But at the same time, I'm having so much fun. I, I, I'm living in the moment. I don't need to live. I'm doing exactly what I need to do. So I was never sad. I was never depressed. Uh, I was never upset by doing it. I wanted to do it because of the enjoyment I was getting out of it when I was doing it. So I would go to a race meeting. I would be like a tyrant to everybody around me. But when I'd leave the race meeting, I'd be very happy because I'd be after having success. I'd be after riding a winner. I'd be after having four rides. I would be after riding for, you know, the best trainers in the country. What more do you want? You know, and I was very happy with doing that. But when I got in and I was wasting and I had to ride on the day, I was angry and, you know, I didn't come across as the nicest person in the world. But when I went home, I couldn't understand why everybody was upset with me because I, I was happy out, you know. So how do you change that then? Does somebody Asher. talk to you? Yeah, I will talk to you. you, you you're told and, and you lose a job and, you know, you lose another job. And then, you know, kind of 20 odd years later, you, you realise that you're a little bit thick in your ways and you just relax and the whole picture gets wider and bigger and you meet a beautiful woman and you have kids and life is just all that little bit easier you know do you re regret those years ah sure can i regret them sure they they molded me into the person i am now so whether that's a good or a bad thing i don't know do you know i suppose i'd be better off to have them left behind me than have them in front of me do you know what i mean so i'm i'm in a just really I'm still enjoying myself I'm still having fun I'm just eating more food <laughs> <laughs> so look you obviously have the wisdom that comes with experience and age if you see somebody now who reminds you of yourself from 20 years ago 
do you say it to them or do you just let them figure it out themselves? No, I would, I would, I would hate to see someone go down the same route, but it's different times. And, and I would like to think that they have a lot of people to help them and they're available to them, um, to help them. And, you know, I suppose a huge thing in my life was I, I met a, a, a dietitian on a night out. He told me a couple of simple things, uh, Dan Davies, and that just opened my eyes to, to a whole new world, you know, and I would hope that them young lads now would have that when they're 16 and 17. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I, it took me till I was 28 or 30 to find that, do you know what I mean? And But that was just the time. That was the time we 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 went running around in sweatsuits and we went to saunas and we done all the wrong things the wrong way, uh, but now they're putting themselves in a position not to go to the saunas. And there's a thing happening at the moment, and I hope it goes ahead. Um, that um, that the saunas may be closed in race courses because they were closed through COVID and. You know, you mightn't, you you didn't realise when they closed the, the effect it would leave on the Wareham. The Wareham is a very happy place at the moment. Lads are getting on an awful lot better to each other. It's a new breed of jockey, yes, but I don't find the same aggravation and the rouse and, you know... You know, jockeys used to go out and have a few drinks afterwards and they get drunk and then they'd put on six pounds and they might have to lose eight pounds before they go back riding. And, you know, it was, jockeys were angry with no nobody under the people around them because we, we are all we have, you know, you know, the people around you. So, and I find, you know, I suppose jockeys aren't, definitely aren't drinking and partying as much as they used to. Uh, but they're definitely not wasting and sweating as hard as they used to either, you know, which is a, a huge thing. And it has made a huge impact on the way room itself. It's the way room is a happier place for me anyway. And for what I see, for what I see around the way room and the lads that are around the way room in the past couple of months, I, I, I feel a lot. Of, I see a lot of happier people, you know. Sounds good, especially because there has been a bit of a spotlight shone on the way rooms as well over the last yeah couple of months as well um, yeah but I, I i'll have to say that's not in ireland yeah. and I, I i i took a conscious thing of asking a lot of the writers were they ever put in that position including rachel and 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 a couple of other um female writers and young lads and even i was always afraid that i may have been angry with some of them and may not have been as nice to them and may have affected them and they clearly have come back and told me that they have never experienced that. So where where you associate the way room as as a jockeys as 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 one, and we would like to keep it as one as in the both countries, but from an Irish point of view, I I I my own personal experience is I was never bullied. Okay, yeah, I was given out to and shouted at, but you take that in whatever way you take it. I took it in a way to try and learn. Anybody that shouted or gave out to me the next day was, they didn't hold a grudge. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a constant battle. Do you know, it wasn't a constant niggling. I've never seen that. You know, I have I have left a couple of Fs and blinds out of me um, during a race, after a race, when you pull up. But, you know, you simmer down, 
you have a think whether you're right or wrong. They might have been. They might have a think whether they're right or wrong. Apology accepted and move on. You know, but it seems to have lingered a little bit longer in other in other realms. But you know, that's 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 not for me to talk about. I'm I'm only trying to be worried about the realm I'm using the most and my my the little bit of looking into it I done. Nobody has 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 been affected in that way. That's very good to hear. Um, we are here to talk about you. We keep veering into other uh, topical things. So look, on your career, when you look back on it, what do you think was the biggest setback that you had to overcome? Oh, sure. Look, setbacks are only setbacks for very short periods of time. And next thing you can turn them into positives. Do you know what I mean? So I don't really like to dwell on setbacks. There's injuries. You might miss a horse. You might miss this. I suppose setbacks for me personally one that kind of sticks clearly in my mind is I'm kind of five or six ahead of Ruby maybe 10 days races left 10 days of racing left I'm five or six ahead I get a fallen ferrous and I break my wrist Uh, Ruby goes from being five behind to being five ahead Um, I get back before the end of the season, may I may have got a winner or two back. I can't really remember exactly. Ruby is a mind for that. He'd tell you exactly how it played out. But he, you know, he he's good at them things. I'm not. I I remember being five ahead, and all of a sudden I'm five behind. I come back after breaking my wrist after kind of eight days. I, I'm back riding. I lose the championship, but I also get a phone call from Charles Burns I was I was finished I just couldn't take any more uh, the pain was too much and he said you know I want you to ride a horse for me you can ride him with one arm it doesn't matter he says he'll win and um, it was Solvit and then Solvit went on to be a huge part of my career so on a, on a Thursday in Fairy House I break my wrist I don't be champion jockey but on a Friday in Punchestown at the festival I come across one of the greatest horses that I've ever ridden so you know, where sure I'd be always trying to look at the the, yeah. the positive to come out of some way, shape, or form. Do you know what I mean? And you'll move on and you'll get over it. Do you know? Absolutely. So I setbacks. Yeah, that was a setback, but but then there was a positive at the end of it. So who had the biggest impact on your career then? Um, look, I suppose from 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 a young age, my parents gave me free reign they, 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 they let me do whatever I wanted I, 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 I was blowing Eugene O'Sullivan's who gave me huge support himself and, and Fiona um, gave me huge support they set aside a horse in the yard for me to ride on the race course because I was working in the yard and I was working hard and the more work you do you know the more rewards you can get that way so they said and and, and I got loads of experience and whether that counts as a, 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 as one of the things that, that sets you forward, but there's loads of people in my, my career, like, you know, from the early days to right now, you know, like Gordon is a huge, a huge help to me at the moment. And then I have a very, very close friend in Peter Vaughan, who's, who's, who's a big help. And then my parents, you know, just to, just to, to trust in me that, 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 I was doing the right thing and I was going in a direction. I didn't know what direction I was going in, but they were happy that I was going in the direction that wasn't that wasn't wrong in a way, you know. So yeah. 
When you think back on everything that you've achieved and think back to when you were a kid and the kind of jockey that you wanted to be and what you dreamed of, is there one performance, do you think, that defines everything that you're about? Uh, sure, I, I don't know. Like, I've dreamed about winning a Grand National, for instance, since I was a child. And, and you know, I, I don't want to make it sound... Um, sound um a, a little bit um um childish but but like i i dreamed of winning grand national I, I i dreamed of it and dreamed of it up until the day i won it you know and i was 30 37 or 8 when i won my first grand national so i'll just tell you how childish we can be at times um but you know winning a grand national on tiger roll was 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 pretty special but there were there were there were rides there that I would be really proud of. And, you know, sometimes they may not be winning rides. You know, you'd be getting the maximum out of a horse for for a small owner or a small trainer, and they can be just as satisfactory as, well, maybe not as, as much satisfaction as winning uh, a, a grand, the biggest race of all time for, you know, the big one of the biggest trainers for the biggest owner, the, you know, one of the biggest owners that we've seen in the game. And, you know, all them things are very special, you know, and, and, and I appreciate them. And luckily enough, I won it at the time of my career that I was able to appreciate them, you know, and what the, all them people in between had done for me, you know. What for you then is your greatest success, do you think? Ah, sure, I suppose it would have to be Tiger. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my, my, my Cheltenham record. It was unfortunate I, that it, it didn't, that it, I broke it. it I missed it one year that that I didn't ride a winner there, but I was I always came out of Cheltenham with a winner for you know any whatever number of years. But I suppose winning a, winning a Grand National on, on Tiger Roll kind of was 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 very very special. Um, I personally didn't think he could win a Grand National. Um, I, I didn't think I I thought he was quite the opposite to what you needed to win a Grand National, um, but. It just worked out. I, luckily, that didn't have an effect, and it doesn't really have an effect on my riding. When I, when I get to the start, it's it's a blank canvas. Do you know what I mean? And I try to to use every start of every race as a blank canvas. Even if you don't feel that you're the best horse in the race, you kind of have to ride them to be the best horse in the race. And you know that's the way I've I've always kind of tried to try to ride horses. And you know, to be honest, I was. Before going out to Tiger Roll, I was uh, looking at the time of the flights and I was saying, oh, Grant, he'll probably fall at the first or the second. I'll be back in quick and I'll be able to make the flight on the way home. Uh, little did I know that I was going to the airport with the man that owned the, the airline that we were flying back with and and and, and we were still going to make the, make the flight, you know. So, you know, all the things are, are you know, that was that was just a very special, both, both years were just as special, you know. Next question is a hard one now, and I'm curious to see to hear your answer. Uh, what will be your legacy? Oh, sure, they're running around the kitchen there at the moment. <laughs> so, um, look, I, 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 I just, I just, I just love being around horses, and 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 I'd like to. I don't know. I'd like. To, I, to look, there'll be a new generation in in ten years' time. They won't remember me and I'm well aware of that um so I'm I'm happy enough to live in the moment and maybe continue on I I, I don't I don't want to do anything else I just want to be around horses 
and and hopefully in 20, 30 years time or however long it is, um, I'll still be around horses and people will be, you know, whatever it is, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but but hopefully it'll be that, you know, people will just say that he won two Grand Nationals and that was it. <laughs> You still have some more in you yet, though. So there uh, is. Uh, I, have, I have a bit of school tiger the other day, and now there's a bit more left in him too. So, you know, I just wouldn't wouldn't be writing him off yet. Very good, and we're not writing you off yet either, because oh, uh, no. I'm not retired. So for no, you then, no. what's next? Uh, Christmas is coming. Uh, you're going to be busy, no doubt. Yeah, we've a busy couple of weeks. Look, sir, we've Navin and um, there's some big races in Navin. We've Fairy House. Uh, there's some, you know, there's a huge card in Fairy House. And then that leads into Christmas, um, whether it be Limerick or Leopardstown, you know, both, both race courses are very important at, at Christmas period. And, and then, you know, you kind of, then you kind of look at, There'll be a lot, there'll be a Tiestas in there stuck in the middle of them, that meeting and a couple of very important meetings in Gorn and that'll lead on to the Dublin Racing Festival and then you're back into Cheltenham, Aintree, Punchestown territory. So, you know, it's just, I'm involved in a brilliant team with Gordon and all the owners. So it's just keep the ball rolling away there, you know. Happy days. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your journey and for sharing your story. And also for all the great memories as well. You say that in 10 or 20 years, people aren't going to remember you. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there. People are never going to forget you or Tiger Roll and all of those uh, great days as well. So thank you very much, uh, Davey Russell. And thanks everybody for listening, watching as well. Please leave a review, like and subscribe.